Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement and Logistics Division. Welcome to Level 7. And welcome, everyone, to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hello there, Pete. Howdy, Matt. How are you? Doing fantastic. Pete, what are we talking about today? There was no Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on here on 318. There was not. However, we have just finished watching Marvel's Assembling a Universe uh, documentary as it was billed in some circles. And uh, there's plenty of buzz. That there is, and that'll form uh, the core of our uh, of our shorter podcast uh, this time. But first, Pete, let's talk schedule. We have some schedule news, and uh, it's actually news that I thought you, when you first told me we were kind of framing in the hypothetical. But you uh, you have a source, you journalistic dog. You what <laughs> what schedule news do you have? I do. Well, let's let's deal with the immediate. Uh, next week will bring yet another week, sadly, without a new episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Boo. Nah. However, Matt, as you framed it, we will get a repeat of the best episode, in your opinion, of this year's run to date of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And that is... That is Tracks, the train episode, which was marvelous in every way. Uh, just absolutely, you know, it, it had a complex uh, narrative structure to it. Uh, it. It was, it was, just you had the first half action. You had uh, the reveal of, uh, you know, or the return rather of Mike Peterson, his reveal as Deathlock, and of course the the tragic shooting of Sky that turned me from a Sky hater into a, you know, a Sky lover. So. Um, just a, a critical, wonderful episode that I will absolutely look forward to rewatching next week. Yes, and obviously that episode is being rerun with the April 1st, April Fool's Day, but this is no joke, return of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as Clark Gregg tweeted earlier in the week for seven straight episodes to end the season. That is awesome. And you know what, Pete? I've had this little um, hope in my head that what broadcast shows should do is is do these kind of chunks. You know, if you're going to do 22 episodes, do something like seven, take a break, seven, take a break, and then eight or something like that to just have these, you know, have these chunks and then run other stuff in the in, in between, not two weeks on, one week, one week off. We had a nice chunk in the beginning. I don't know that it was seven, but maybe it was in the neighborhood of five to seven, Pete? I think we had five, if I remember correctly. Okay. So, I mean, I'll take seven in a row in the end. And maybe, oh, maybe, ABC is just starting to wake up to the fact that, you know, this show is a reliable way to get, you know, a 2.2 rating and about, you know, six and a half million viewers uh, live anyway. Let's run it, you know, let's run it in a row and really see what happens with the audience. Hopefully the audience grows and grows and grows and becomes a big thing. And then next season, they have the impetus to go, you know, seven, eight, nine in a row, maybe, a you know, a block of four, a block of four, and then another seven or eight, something like that. I know that doesn't, you know, the maximum of those numbers doesn't total up to 22. Uh, but hopefully this is an opportunity for us to all watch live and really show ABC to schedule the show more carefully next season. And again, as you know, we were told by Clark Gregg ourselves in our interview um, little under a month ago now, 
Um, you know, in, in one of the lulls that we've had in this second half of the season, um, all the payoff is going to come due, um, you know, in, in this final block. You know, he couldn't be suspic- uh, specific, obviously, in terms of uh, what we were going to see, spoilers and whatnot. But, uh, you know, and, and having to retrack what had aired and what we have seen and everything like that. But he he specifically mentioned the final five that they had made to that point. And he was talking about um, leading up to uh, they were between episodes 18 and 19 when we spoke to him. And Pete, I know that uh, reference was made in The Hollywood Reporter uh, at the uh, at the Captain America premiere that, of course, Clark Gregg attended along with uh, his lovely wife and I think the entire cast of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes. Um, reference was made that they were in the middle of episode 20. So, I mean, that probably means somewhere in the neighborhood of the, uh, you know, kind of of the, the, the spring break, you know, point on the calendar. They're probably going to be wrapping for the first season uh, would be my bet. Uh, maybe there's an overrun. Maybe it goes a bit later, but you know, pr- there's not that much time left for them to, to to be filming. That's the bottom line. There, there's not, and you know, we will start to hear rather soon. I would imagine as soon as there is a wrap, and then you know, the anticipation is going to grow, and a special like tonight only increases that anticipation because between the release of Captain America, the winter soldier on April 4th, three days after a new episode that's going to feature Deathlock, as, as Matt was spoiled tonight. Ah. Um, it was, we, it was, it was delicious though. It was, it was some <laughs> delicious spoilage. We may also have seen the clairvoyant from behind in, in that commercial. Oh really? Yeah. Um, there was a, uh, wheelchaired, character which we've not seen to this point and a voice oh no sorry wrong universe (laughs) wrong movie universe don't don't send your emails yes (laughs) and um you know the end of the agents of shield season and then you know the much more anticipated um uh guardians of the galaxy that everyone else has discovered now but has been on our radar for some time um, and I've gone on record before saying uh, I believe it could be the highest grossing film of the year. I will sign in blood that it will be the highest grossing film ever released in the month of August. I do not envy the movie that comes out seven days after it, which is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Even if it's good, I think that Guardians has the chance of being this summer's uh, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean in terms of being a movie that you say – Oh, Pete, you haven't g- gone to see it yet? Let's go. Oh, hey, you know, Mom and Dad, this is a really fun movie. It's like there's like a dumb guy and a green Uhura and a tree. But <laughs> I know it sounds weird, but let's go see it. You're going to love it. Oh, they're all rascals, rapscallions, but you're really going to love it. And you walk out of there saying, wow, 8 to 80, this is just a really fun movie. Rocket Raccoon is going to be the Minions of 2014. <laughs> The Halloween costume to beat. Pete, before we move on to uh, the core of the podcast here, just a reminder, friends, you can visit FantasticGeek.com to help support the podcast. You can click on the PayPal link there to help us out. Donate a little, big or small. It is, of course, always appreciated. With that, Pete, let's now get to the blow-by-blow of the special. 
it took us all the way back to the very beginning of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And, uh, well, I think we all know where that was, Pete, but why don't you be the, uh, be the captain for this portion of the voyage? So flashback to 2007, and it's very well known within the industry and without that Marvel had really kind of uh, not sold off, but, uh, you know, allowed some of its bigger guns in Spider-Man and the X-Men and the Fantastic Four to really kind of work for other studios. And Pete, it's what Kevin Feige, who, by the way, I didn't know that's how it's pronounced until tonight. His quote was uh, that these were movies, quote, not taken by other studios, close quote. Just so you know, when you make a deal with a studio and you both sign the contract without any guns to your head, it's not exactly taken, but eh. Whatever you want to say, Mr. Feige. Feige, sorry. And, you know, who would figure that this cast-off group, and we're now referring to Iron Man, uh, the Incredible Hulk, Thor, Captain America, and then even uh, characters who have not, to this point, held down a a solo film in uh, Black Widow and um, Hawkeye would someday form the Avengers as Kevin Feige, uh, you know, mentioned early on in a clip in this assembling a universe special. It, it, it certainly was a nice reminder of a story that we know well, but, but a, a, a surprising story nonetheless, that they really were dealing with these second stringers and they really did build out of that an incredibly dense and cohesive universe that led to one of the biggest movies of all time and and all done just basically on kind of gumption and and self-confidence in a studio that had zero track record hired a great deal of talent but there's many a movie you know ender's game was an incredibly uh you know had a you know talented cast and crew and went nowhere um I mean, you know, M. Night Shyamalan was once, you know, a, 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 a multiple Oscar nominee. Then the first bad movie came out, wherever you want to draw that line from. That could have easily have been Iron Man or, or Hulk or, or any of these, quite frankly, to, to, to be a stumbling, uh, stumbling block in the process. And, you know, you, you talk about the, the stable of talent. Who knew they would need to go through 30 writers on <laughs> Iron Man 1 in yeah. this first Marvel Studios effort, you know, people turning it down left and right to ultimately cast uh, Robert Downey Jr. And, you know, great test footage, which I had not seen to this point of, uh, you know, him speaking to a woman, presumably, uh, you know, side dialogue there about, you know, uh, manufacturing weapons and then, you know, building a baby hospital or whatever. But, hey, let me get you a drink, hon. You know, great stuff. Absolutely. And then, you know, of course, and he is the centerpiece and referred to multiple times both in this special, um, you know, to his character and by others and all over Twitter tonight, Clark Gregg, Agent Phil Coulson as the glue. And you know, we get to the introduction of Shield, which you know uh, Clark Gregg said, in, to use his words, the character seemed to fill a need. Yeah, 
and and it's certainly you know it's a story that that Clark had shared with us, of course, and a well known story at that. But the the smallness of that character in Iron Man is uh, only secondary to how memorable he is and how that really would become we would become the glue for oh so much, including you know <laughs> the purpose that we're here or or, or the reason that we're podcasting uh, Agents of Shield, and just the attractiveness that these stories and these characters have garnered to Hollywood stars to get the story, how the Nick Fury cameo came to be. This is a character who, you know, Samuel Jackson explained in the documentary was originally a white guy and then was played by David Hasselhoff and then was a super secret cameo to the point that they explained the links they went to driving (laughs) his car onto the set in order to uh, film this cameo and to glimpse where we would be uh, five years from then. And what what you you haven't mentioned, Pete, is that the genesis even before that was uh, that uh, Kevin Feige got a cold call from Sam Jackson's agent. Yes. I mean, presumably at the at the behest of Samuel L. Jackson. But it was just kind of like, hey, do you have anything for me? Because, you know, I hear some good things and I just love – I just love the comics. I love I love all that's going on. Oh, P.S. I kind of look like the uh, the Ultimate Universe version of Fury. Um, just an absolutely incredible. I mean, I, I mean, there were there were portions of this that were a nice trip down memory lane. The whole you know the whole hour, but not particularly illustrative or, or covering new ground. That I had never heard of before. That Nick Fury is played by Samuel L. Jackson because his agent called a guy to say, "Hey, do you?" You have any work by any chance? If not, uh, never mind. Stunning. Absolutely stunning. Compelling indeed. And, you know, it's at this point that uh, we got our first break. We got a Deathlock promo with an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, Matt had to shield his eyes, Mm -hmm. uh, but he saw too much. Well, the second time I saw a little bit more, my eyes weren't quite as quick to look away. I must guiltily confess you know at a la the boy with cookie crumbs around his mouth saying what cookies <laughs> uh so then we were taken through the narrative between hulk and then iron man 2 and bringing in you know when anytime you get a scarlett johansson involved in this universe that's a special thing the decision to go to thor which was viewed in a lot of corners as as being you know perilous in terms of uh, the material, um, the idea that the Tesseract was introduced in the secret scene at the end there and bringing in Loki, who's really become a, uh, a touchstone uh, character and villain within this Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, we have Captain America comes after that. And then it is the ambition that all of these characters would be united in one mega movie in the Avengers. It is, it is a story worth telling as we hear bits of uh, information coming out of the, uh, you know, the Warner brothers camp for Batman versus Superman versus the justice league with everybody else. And Alfred, um, they earned the Avengers, and it's something that we've said time and time again, but this really was an opportunity to say it took all these years for Avengers to come out and and all these movies so that people 
uh, for example, you know, as soon as Loki shows up, and, and, and this was an excellent point that, that they mentioned in the uh, in, in the special. As soon as Loki shows up, you just have that backstory because you've seen Thor. There's kind of no need to delve into what makes him a bad guy and why he's a bad guy and what his motivations are. It's just there. And um, it's a reminder that you need to earn this. If this was a victory lap so that Marvel and Disney and ABC could, you know, all get together and, you know, make some money on, you know, I mean, certainly this didn't cost what an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode would cost. So it was an inexpensive uh, episode to run especially opposite and uh, you know a new ncis um then you know this was their moment to say aha we're printing the money boys and and it, nonetheless it was well deserved to say this is how you do it why aren't other people doing this why isn't dc and warner brothers doing this um so as i say a well-earned victory lap indeed pete yeah and let's let's call that what this is this is a victory lap this is marvel you know looking at its laurels to this point and not only doing that looking back, but looking ahead um, that they had the foresight to do this. And could this plan have proven unsuccessful? Absolutely. It could have. Um, But that we are at this point, while the other comic studio across the way is fumbling through making its second movie in one franchise, it's, really rushed attempt at a tent pole for the entire franchise. <laughs> and, you know, I'm sorry. It's, it's just not the way it, it must be earned as you've said before. And, um, you know, history is going to sadly reflect that. And you know what as well? I mean, this is a reminder that they're so committed to the Marvel cinematic universe at this point that, it is almost inconceivable that they're ever going to reboot. Like it took James Bond ostensibly 50 years to formally reboot or like, you know, okay, fine. At the end of, at the end of Skyfall, you kind of, there's the big moment where, Oh, now we're kind of at, you know, we're back to the beginning again. So if you want to go all the way back to Casino Royale, I guess that's, you know, 45 years or something like that. But you're going to have as at a certain point, you're going to have major actors drop out. Robert Downey Jr. will not play, uh, Iron Man for the next 50 or 60 or 80 or 100 years. At a certain point, he's going to drop out. You are simply just going to recast to be able to retell you know, or, or tell new stories. There's not going to be some sort of reboot function of, oh, Spider-Man 3 was a little bit of a misfire, so fire everyone and start over. Uh, it, it, it's, it's inconceivable because if you take out, you know, if you say, oh, we're going to reboot Iron Man, so what, now you're not going to have Iron Man anymore? in the rest of these movies or et cetera, et cetera. Um, so even the fact that DC has, you know, let's see, rebooted Superman recently is the process of rebooting Batman has a different TV universe. And some people are very, very keen on arrow. I, I'm not one of them based on what I've seen, but if you love arrow, fine. I heard it got much better in the second season. Um, the flash people are really interested in, even though I think the costume is a bit goofy looking. Um, but even those aren't on the same level. The you know arrows taking place in different universe and Smallville did. It's a mess. But one day we're gonna have some guy play uh, play Iron you know be the new Iron Man, and it's gonna uh, a la James Bond. It's going to be the same uh, the same Tony Stark that we saw back in two thousand eight. Just a different guy wearing the face, weren't playing the character. That is incredibly inspiring. This is a movie franchise that might go on for 50 years 
in the perpetual now, the way comics are. Um, and it's just going to be the continued adventures of these characters. It's absolutely, it's absolutely jaw-dropping and inspiring and puts a smile on my face. I perish the thought of any other actor stepping into the role of a Tony Stark slash Iron Man. So I don't even want to conceive of its possibility. I get how it can happen and I get the realism that we could be there. I'm going to choose to live in a world in which that may never happen. (laughs) So, you know, that we're just going to, we're going to push to the side. It was at this point in the uh, special that we began the phase two discussion. Coulson's death in the Avengers was referenced repeatedly because, again, we are taking up the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, time slot for the week. So, you know, let's let's kiss the ring and, you know, understandably, uh, Tom Hiddleston, uh, you know, referred to uh, Clark Gregg referring to his character as the glue. And uh, sure enough, we get the synergistic use of ABC News footage to reveal this was <laughs> the biggest weekend domestically ever uh, in May 2012 for the release of The Avengers. That was the rare corporate quadfecta. Marvel, yeah. Disney, ABC News, and and uh, ABC all, all coming together like a great uh, conjunction, if you will. Exactly. The whole goal with phase two that we are squarely in the middle of now for Marvel, though, um, we were told was upping the personal stakes. And at that point, um, 36 minutes into the hour, they got into the topic of the one shots, which, you know, we have done on the podcast uh, before. Certainly worth going back and uh, listening to when we did uh, each of the Marvel movies prior to podcasting Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, the consultant, uh, a funny thing happened on the way to Thor's hammer, which really featured uh, uh, Coulson and Sitwell. Um, you know, Agent Carter, which is on the Iron Man 3 uh, discs. And then the recently released All Hail to the King, which was on the uh, Thor the Dark World disc. And I just – my mind spins, Matt, in terms of, you know, they will keep going to the well on these one-shots until we hear they won't. And, you know, with Captain America the Winter Soldier getting ready to drop in, you know, just about two weeks, they've got to know what their next one-shot is and where they're going, again, within this universe. Yeah, I wonder – I mean, I wonder what it, what it would be. Uh, I guess I guess that's for us to find out. Maybe a, I don't know. Maybe a, no, not not Guardians. I don't know. Maybe Guardians of the Galaxy. Maybe they start to do them as prequel type stuff. Or or well, you know. have to figure that Captain America disc will come out maybe July or August. Probably not before Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. Um, so I think you're wise to really spin it in terms of something that services, uh, Avengers age of Ultron. And then you just let that one sit and you let that hang out until, uh, May of 2015 and let people ruminate on that. We've been on such a run this year, you know, Iron Man, May, Thor, November, 
coming up to Captain America in April, and then and then uh, Guardians of the Galaxy in August. The thought of after August, I mean, I guess May isn't that far away, but the thought of going so many seasons on the calendar without a Marvel movie is a little daunting. It, it, I, they've kind of trained us to to be used to much more. And again, we're you know we're speaking pre pickup here, but. I think the certainty that an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. will be back is pretty high. And that's really where I think it can elevate itself to an even greater position in this universe. It's going to have all that time after the end of this season, getting another feature in over the summer, and then you're going to be able to have that nice, slow, steady buildup to what is, you know the second most anticipated movie that will be released in 2015. Yeah, it's quite a it's quite a future ahead of us. It really, really is. But Pete, let's stay on the topic of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for a little bit more, shall we? We shall. We had um, Mo Tancheron and uh, Jed Whedon, showrunners for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., featured uh, for a couple minutes in the... Uh, the three-quarter mark of the special talking about S.H.I.E.L.D. and how uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. really uh, gets to stand on its own now after the Marvel Cinematic Universe has thrust it into the fore, that their goal, uh, they referred to S.H.I.E.L.D. as the boardwalk between between these these, uh, great, you know, uh, standing platforms of character movies. And they really wanted to fill in the cracks. Um, we even glimpsed some not yet seen footage of uh, Adrian Pazdar from Heroes with his uh, really goofy pencil thin mustache um, to be seen in weeks to come on uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, I think that's a fairly new bit of footage, too. I mean, his casting, I think, was only announced last week maybe two weeks ago so yes that that seems quite off the the hot presses there for uh the man i like to call president nathan petrelli yes and then it was really the reason i think they were bringing this out tonight is the promo for captain america the winter soldier uh we were told in uh no holds barred terms that this film will rock the Marvel Cinematic Universe to its core. <laughs> yeah, there was there was a lot of footage they showed, and I was very very torn as an anti spoiler person. Um, I just very, I mean, you know, a lot that they showed, and um, I do have one prediction that I'll I'll save for you know for in a little bit, Pete. But okay. um, certainly, I mean, look, if the purpose of Tonight was to ramp up excitement for uh, for Captain America, even amongst the faithful. Mission accomplished. You can put that over the top of your aircraft carrier, Pete. Yes. So uh, the whole idea of starting Phase 2 with Iron Man 3 and then getting each of the character films their individual uh, sequels with Thor and Captain America, um, they were telling us that Captain America, the Winter Soldier, is the one that is connected the most to the events of the Avengers, which is really tantalizing in terms of seeing how the world is moving forward with that. And yes, we see it week to week. It was the subject of the pilot for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but on that filmic level, 
that we talk about having established this universe again, Matt earned and owed here to return to it and really some foreboding clips that they got into with um, Captain America in terms of the timeliness of uh, governmental intrusion into people's lives. And then the whole uh, idea in the discussion between Nick Fury and uh, Steve Rogers, Captain America, he's told, uh, Captain America is told, you better get with the program. And we know that this rift within this agency is coming. Um, Alexander Pierce, who plays uh, Fury's mentor and uh, head of the World Security Council uh, in the film, uh, is played by Robert Redford. And again, you know, while a Robert Redford can come in and cash a check because he's Robert Redford, um, he's not just going to do anything. And uh, he's the type of guy that is really going to warrant a strong script. And uh, the two brothers who are directing this film, Matt, Pete, that would be Community's own Anthony and Joe Russo. Yes, and, and picking up the story as they are, and they have already been named for the third Captain America film, which just chose its date on the very self-same day that the <laughs> Batman, Superman, uh, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Martian Drek. Manhunter, Alfred yeah. Pennyworth, is going to be dumped off in a garbage can at your <laughs> local cinema uh, that they will go. We're going to have the Marvel DC throwdown um, in July of 2016. And did you hear, I think it was one of the Russo brothers might've been Kevin Feige, but one of them had a great quote about that date. Did you hear what it was, Pete? I did not. It was uh, something along the lines of, yeah, sometimes two big movies do choose the same date. One of them usually gets out of the way. And it's just like, oh, they don't mean themselves. They mean the other movie can get out of the way, please, because they're doing Captain America 3. Thank you very much. Well, I don't know if with all the weight that they have in that movie that I'm referring to, the DC movie that still doesn't have a name, <laughs> that they can – they can move. These things are like uh, ocean liners. They don't turn on a dime. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Captain America will go through <laughs> that film. Um, the biggest surprise of the night for me, Matt, was that they let Bucky Barnes out as an acknowledged thing. But you know what? Again, it's as our good friend George W. Bush would term it, strategery when we talk about the Marvel plan they know people own computers. They know people have Googled the Winter Soldier and figured it out. We have spoken here in broad strokes like, you know, don't let the cat out of the bag. But it is a, a not closely held secret. And that they have the confidence in their work that they don't need to hold that back. Like, oh, you spoiled the movie. Now no one will go in two and a half weeks. Okay, again, speaks to the acknowledgement of the fan savvy and more so about the anticipation of the work and not the stunt, not the gimmick. I, I completely agree. There's people out there 
uh, like my parents, for example, who I'm sure are going to love to see the movie when it's on DVD and there aren't, you know, are, they might even be interested to go see it in theaters for all I know. But um, they're just going to be like, oh, The Winter Soldier. I wonder who that is. Even in my limited knowledge of the Marvel Universe, it was like, come on, you got to, as soon as they announced the title, like, you got to look up who The Winter Soldier is. Um, oh, and then you're reminded when you read that or when you see tonight's special. Yeah, they were kind of doing some kind of weird thing with Bucky. And yeah, you didn't exactly see him die. He fell into ice. Oh, oh, I get it. Okay, you know, it's it, it's all good. That's It's it's the road to get there. Um, and frankly, it's the political intrigue that I'm much more interested in versus the guy who has long hair and who can catch Cap's shield. You know, that's not, not that I'm not that I'm imagining he's going to be a lousy villain, but it's, you know, it's about the characters. It's not about the bad guy, per se. The buzz is, too, that this is Marvel's best movie to date. I could see it. I really could, I re- especially if they're going to be a little bit more um, timely with some of the uh, some of the discussion that they're having about, you know, as you say, government, uh, government's role in our lives, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it could kind of make the movie count for something in a way where, yeah, I mean, nothing against um, nothing against Avengers, say that's a rollicking good time that you also earned along the way while having a tacit discussion in the Iron Man movies about the role of, uh, you know, the military industrial complex or uh, in Hulk's case, you know, uh, you know, whether science can be abused and, you know, this sort of thing. I think this is a movie. I mean, Captain America is the Boy Scout. He is the symbol for the best this country can be. And Nick Fury is the symbol for the <laughs> the best and the worst this country can be taking care of the things in the night that we, you know, we dare not dream about during the day. So, um it's uh, it's 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 a great showdown ahead. And while we've been snowed in in <laughs> this winter, we've soldiered on, and this timely discussion is going to hit thematically at a perfect time to kick off the summer booby season. We're going to get the intimate uh, involvement uh, between uh, Captain uh, America. And Agent Romanoff, Black Widow, who have now gone on several missions. We're going to get the outsider in uh, Sam Wilson, who will play Falcon. And while he won't don the spandex, and they're going to use it as a code name, they're going to deal with this tastefully. So really something to whet your appetite on in the next couple weeks. I'm completely excited. I I knew very, very little about Anthony Mackie's role in the movie. I frankly, you know, as somebody who does stay away from spoilers, I really wasn't even aware he was in it until the uh, until the world premiere pictures. And um I'm definitely excited by how they're by how they're using him and by how they've kind of interpreted uh a somewhat kind of fantastic uh comic book character into the real world with kind of this you know, backpack um, flying device that that coincidentally looks like the wings of Falcon from the comic book. You know, um, it looks like a really, really nice character interpretation. So uh, exciting, exciting roads ahead. And within that, we were teased with the biggest images of the night, the things we've seen the least about Guardians of the Galaxy and Ultron. Ultron, who was teased for us as a villain no single hero can defeat. So where this team aspect of putting the Avengers together was the focus of phase one. 
staying together and the cost of that is clearly going to be the end game of phase two. They knew that they wanted to go in a different direction in the way that uh, Marvel Studios established the film universe with an offbeat, lesser known, really kind of anti-hero-ish character in Tony Stark and Iron Man. Guardians of the Galaxy has been billed as gritty, colorful, and really you're talking about characters who are really in it for themselves, but when they get together, they can fight for something greater. Ooh, Pete, you should be writing ad copy for uh, for Marvel. <laughs> that's 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 stunning there. I got to chill down my back. There you go. So, you know, where is the origin of the team as as uh, Joss Whedon, uh, you know, put it? was the idea with Avengers, you know, getting them to stay together. That's the idea behind Avengers Age of Ultron. We were shown very quickly, but they're already rapidly being retweeted on Twitter. Um, Not test footage, but really kind of concept ideas of the Scarlet Witch, who will be played by the youngest Olsen sister and Quicksilver. Um, now, that Pete, I, did, did this Olsen sister have anything to do with uh, with the death of the Joker or no? She did not. Okay, okay. No, I just but, to make sure uh, we're keeping... The film she will star in in May of next year will further <laughs> uh, pile dirt upon the Joker's grave. <laughs> um, you know, Whedon made the statement as well that he knew when he took on the Avengers that he would have to do Ultron in the second movie. So we were proving prophetic to that point. The film in terms of principal photography, um, you know, has not really gotten underway, but in terms of, you know, any kind of shooting has been going for some time. They've been shooting in uh, Johannesburg, South Africa. There was uh, really kind of generic yet sweeping footage of, you know, dump trucks flying. And then we got the image that is the only thing I'm seeing on my timeline on Twitter right now is of the Iron Man Hulk buster suit and Hulk uh, grappling Greco-Roman style. Is that what they're calling it? The Hulk buster? That is the Hulk buster uh, Iron Man uh, suit. Oh, so that's like a thing prior. That is a thing. That is indeed a thing. Yes. Um, and and that was really the money shot when it came to what they were giving us within this special. Um, Matt, you and I, just prior to hitting record here, also expressed some surprise that they showed us the previously shown at San Diego Comic-Con 2012 Ant-Man footage. Um, Which that, has always been test footage. It was shown yes. as kind of concept footage i believe put together by the director just to say hey here's kind of you know here's just a sizzle reel of stuff that hasn't been shot yet but here's kind of what we imagine being the flavor and they i mean you can find it online i don't think they've been quick to 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 pull it down but it's also been like nothing that you see there you should expect to see in a movie and they showed first a little bit of it then they showed even more i was completely stunned um that they here they are kind of setting the stage for when does Ant-Man come out? I'd have to look it up. Um, Next summer. 
Really? Not this coming summer. Yes, it's the it's the summer of Avengers. It's later on that summer. July it's in July seventeenth, twenty fifteen. Look at that. Yes. Um, but I mean, even still, that feels. <laughs> I mean, that's four movies from now, right? Captain America, Guardians of the Galaxy, Avengers two, then Ant Man. Correct. Stunning. Absolutely stunning. It really, really yes. was. And you know, I, again, to pin it to Clark Gregg, who I I think. You know, ABC gets a lot of credit here for knowing he's their guy and and really giving us uh, several sound bites tonight from him. You know, he said that Marvel gets this and they've created this pop culture mythology. And this is the model. This is the modern Marvel uh, model for how to run your television and your film franchise. Yeah. I mean, my good. So wait. I mean, you're, Pete, you're telling me in 2015 they have the potentially Marvel Studios could be releasing two movies, be in the second half of the second season of Agents of Shield, and starting the Defenders miniverse, whatever you want to call it, with at least uh, a Daredevil, if not probably a second or even a third show in the calendar year from from the Defenders miniverse. That's Listen. just stunning. That is Matt, stunning. Matt, it's a Marvel universe and uh, DC is just renting space in it. <laughs> so true. I mean, th- that's just astonishing. That's just and it's and it's such a high quality of the brand where even even the even some of the weaker elements like the Hulk movie, which, you know, which well, go back and listen to the podcast, folks, we we've discussed before. Even that, it's not awful and it's almost improved by Ooh, the reference to the to the super soldier, and hey, who sent Stark to go talk to the general, and so on and so forth, and that ties into the one shot, and that, you know, it's 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 all connected. I know that's the hashtag, but it's also just so darned true. Um, so, Pete, I'm completely excited for the future that is ahead of us. You know, it's it, it the 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 special ended on a big finish, and I think you know we have a big finish too. We do. You talk of the brand, Matt, and we at Fantastic Geek, we have our brand. We continue to look for ways to build our brand, and we love that our listeners are part of our brand. These fantastic geeks behind us as we podcast Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., pop culture, etc., etc. And we're looking to both get and give. We love when our listeners leave reviews on iTunes, but we need more. So we've developed an incentive for people to be motivated enough to leave their wonderful words, and we will reward one of them in the weeks to come. Funko has recently announced in its pop vinyl figure line they will be creating the first official Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. collectible and we are going to be giving that to one of our reviewers who will author a new review beginning tonight, March 18th, through the finale of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. During the podcast, immediately after the finale, and we don't have a date just yet on uh, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. finale, We will choose out of a hat one of the names 
that will go into the hopper for each of the reviews that come in. And we will be sending you the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Agent Coulson pop vinyl figure, the first of its kind, courtesy of Fantastic Geek. Pete, uh, I've done a little math for you, assuming that we get the seven episodes in a row starting uh, April 1st. And if Clark Gregg said it, I mean, that's true. That's like, it's just, it's it's the gospel. That means the finale uh, would be May 13th. And uh, I think it's worth re- uh, reminding our listeners that um, there usually is a little time that Apple takes, a day or two, just to approve your comment to make sure yeah. you're not saying you know awful things. So uh, you know, get in there early. Don't wait until uh, until you know May 13th at uh, 9 p.m. Eastern because uh, you might be you might be left behind. Um, but Pete. Uh, this is your brainchild. I'm completely excited about it. This is an absolutely fantastic idea. As you say, a way to uh, a way to give back to the listener. And if you haven't checked it out, it's a pretty cool little thing. I, I did order one for myself. I'm not going to say this isn't somewhat uh, of, of, a, of a pet project because I'm going to have one on my desk sitting to uh, my right here as we podcast pop culture. Um, but I'm looking forward in uh, giving this away to one lucky listener. This, of course, applies to new reviews. Um, and again, uh, one review per customer. Pete, if anybody has any questions for you about this contest or about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or about The Walking Dead or pop culture in general, <laughs> the many things that you discuss uh, and that go through your mind about the world around us, particularly on the tube and the screen. Pete, how can people be in touch? Well, 2,580 followers can't be wrong. You can find me on the Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R. K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R. Now, Pete, while I am personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, where I share all sorts of rantings, uh, I'd like you to know, Pete, that right now the Fantastic Geek Twitter account that's fantastic with a PH, uh, is now up to 1,018. I know you are you know, over twice as much away from that, but I want you to know the, uh, the geeks that support Fantastic Geek, they are coming for you. They're coming for that, uh, that follower count there. Come and get some. <laughs> uh, if you'd like to send an email, you can send it to fantasticgeek at gmail.com. You can call the listener line, 732-707-1815. Uh, or you can leave a comment on the webpage, fantasticgeek.com. So with that, Pete, I know uh, we hope to speak again next week. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Uh, otherwise, uh, I guess we'll be back in action here uh, April 1st as uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. returns. Looking forward to Deathlock. Looking forward to the Winter Soldier. Looking forward to Guardians of the Galaxy. It's a great time to be a Marvel fan. Not so much if you like Superman and the Batman. <laughs> Pete, I will quickly mention, this isn't even on our agenda. want to let everybody know that this Sunday, which I think is the 25th, um, there will be an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. panel at uh, Paley Fest. Uh, if you happen to be in the L.A. area, uh, I believe tickets are still on sale. That's Sunday, the 23rd, April 23rd. Uh, March 23rd. I will also be simulcast, live streamed, whatever you want to call it, on the Paley website. Uh, and I believe that starts at 1.50 Pacific. That's 4.50 Eastern. 
And um, currently the whole cast is supposed to be there. Marissa Tantrone, Jed Whedon, I think maybe Jeffrey Bell. So check that out. Pete, whether we, I mean, hopefully we will, uh, hopefully you and I will both be able to watch it. If we do, we may podcast it or we may, you know, save it for later in the week or, you know, we'll kind of figure that out. But um, listeners, please do check that out on your own and then you can uh, you can join the discussion uh, with us about it. And with that, Pete, I will say namaste to all our listeners. Pete. Bye-bye. Farewell. <laughs>